Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. And I am one of those Scots. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Heading Back to the Window. Why Heading Back to the Window? Because that's what you want to be doing. You want to be getting those winning tickets in your hand and heading back to the window to get your cash before you go out on the town and head to the VIP champagne room. Right, Scott? Yep, something like that. Uh, good to see uh, Timothy's in the house. Greg's in the house. He says it's Mike White, Trevor Simeon, and Cooper Rush Monday. Woohoo! There you go, Scott. There's three winners that we all had, right? Well, the Mike White one was the shock. The Cooper Rush one, I don't know how surprised to be because we know Minnesota should have won the game, but it's Kirk Cousins on primetime. And I believe he is now 8-17 and 17 straight up on primetime. One of the worst quarterbacks to have in that situation besides maybe Andy Dalton. So I can't say I was shocked that Kirk Cousins was awful yesterday. Were you? No. No, that was uh, that was not a shocker to me. In fact, I had, I had the <clears throat> Cowboys money line as the... Uh, as the multiplier in my four-team money line parlay, which unfortunately was already dead because the Bengals shut the bid. So, ah, uh, <laughs> brutal, brutal. Do you have any action in that game? Uh, for that game, no. I actually thought about getting in on it, and then I decided not to. But I did have some action on some other games. I had the Steelers money line, which was nice. I had the Panthers money line, which was nice. And other than that, I lost a couple of live bets in quarters, which were really bad beats. Um, I had the first half under live in the Buccaneers Saints game, back to back roughing the passer penalties, and one of them turned down an interception. Lost that one, and uh, I ended up making it back with the Patriots live money line against the Chargers. But as a whole, pretty good football Sunday. Good, very good. Uh, Nathan Cerna's in the house. He said he should be cashing his uh, three team NBA teaser at the window today. Very nice, three units on that play. Excellent. Um, I'm starting to starting to. Uh, Starting to feel a little NBA, but Scott, we're in the middle of what is it like 20, 22 straight days or something of, of, of nonstop football? Yeah, something like that. It's a beautiful thing. We've got it's it's your week, buddy. We've got Maction starting. We do have Maction starting. And there are a couple of teams who I used to like uh, betting on every week that now I can't, mainly Buffalo, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But the Mac, it's a bad conference, but you're going to have a great time watching in midweek. Remember last week, Scott, when I when I when I screamed that you know Buffalo is dead to me, I will never play on Buffalo again. Uh, mm -hmm. I ended up taking Buffalo as one of my picks on the radio show in Denver. You did, okay. Just brutal, just you know. We'll talk about that in a bit. You'd but... think I'd learn. <laughs> you would really think I'd learn, but no, not so much. So I was I was going to have that as one of my plays in college football on the show, but I decided I would never bet on them again, at least for this year. Yep. And I picked something else that actually won. Yeah, good call. Absolutely great call there. So let's get to it. We got a lot of stuff to care to cover today as we talk about the NFL game tonight. We'll talk about, of course, the MLB, the World Series, shifting back to uh, to Houston. We'll see if they can close it out there. Atlanta had their shots but couldn't get it done. But before we do all that, Scott, let's do our jumbo supersized version of the ripoffs of the weekend. Let's find out who got. Their shit stolen and has to what? Call the cops. All 
All right, pull over, boys. It's Monday morning. We got to uh, we got to talk about the bad news, and we'll talk about probably probably the worst one of the weekend because this was a this was a double, Scott. That Saturday college football game, if you had Florida State plus nine and a half, or if you had the under 47 and a half, or if you had those parlayed together, apologies in advance. Florida State trailed by four with five seconds left. The game was sitting on 42, I believe, 43, wherever it was. Oh, it was, four, it was 44. 44, that's right, because it ended at 50. That's right. So if you've seen this movie before, you know how it ends. They tried to run the last second lateral play. They had time for one play. And uh, threw, a, threw a pass play about 10 yards down the field and then started tossing it backwards, Scott. Holy shit, as soon as they started doing it, you knew what was going to happen. It was like watching a car wreck in slow motion and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And that's exactly what happened. Clemson picked up the ball, rolled into the end zone, stumbled into the end zone for the touchdown as the clock expires. That game ends up on 50 Florida State loses by 10. Holy shit, it's a double whomp. If you had any part of Florida State or the under in that game, call the cops and tell them it's an emergency. And looking at the second bad beat in college football, if you had Florida Atlantic second half, minus three and a half against UTEP, you led 14-0 in the second half with less than three minutes to go in the game. UTEP scored a touchdown, ended up going for two, which I'll I can talk about that separately. Then UTEP recovered the onside kick. If they didn't recover it, the game was over. They recovered, scored a touchdown on 4th and 13, and you can rip up your Florida Atlantic second half ticket. F-A-U. F-A-U. I actually want to ask you about that game because I had the 10 and a half uh-huh. on the college football show, which lost. UTEP scored the touchdown to go down 12 with about 230 to go, 240 to go. Why the hell did they go for two down 12? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> well, well, I mean, obviously, so you're a 10 points. You don't have to make the two-point conversion the next time when you put it with your field goal. But if you miss, then you need two touchdowns. If you kick the extra point, you need a touchdown and a field goal. I understand. I get it, it didn't make any sense to me, but they went for two. They got it. Didn't matter for this bet, but they got the onside kick, which, of course, you know something bad's going to happen when that happens. And UTEP scored on fourth and thirteen. Absolutely brutal. And hey, we don't want to discriminate against those NBA batters. If you had the Pistons Nets over 211, all you needed was 42 points in the fourth quarter for the game to go over. Couldn't 41 get, for the push. 41 for the push, 42 to hit the winner. That uh, They couldn't get there. 21-17 in the fourth quarter. That adds up to 38 points. And that ain't 42. That game landed 208. If you had Pistons Nets over 211, Ish, time to call the cops. And we're going to start with the NFL coverage for Sunday. If you had the Jaguars second half plus a half against Seattle, Jaguars go for it down seven in the second half, fourth and I believe six at the nine yard line. They score a touchdown with 149 to go to cut it from 24 nothing to 24 to six. For some reason, Urban Meyer kicked the extra point. I don't know why he kicked the extra point, but it was 7 7 with about a minute 40 to go, and you know they're going onside. So they went for the onside kick. If Seattle falls on it, the game's over. The one thing you can't have happen is for them to recover the onside <laughs> kick and in stride. Return, return it for a touchdown. Yeah. 
and Seattle returned the onside kick for a touchdown, and the Jaguars lost the second half by seven. Yeah, you see it every once in a while. Somebody gets a running start, and all of a sudden that path just clears up. They catch it on the perfect bounce, and they're just gone. And that's the worst feeling in the world because everybody's rushing the line. And once that guy is two yards clear, it's over, baby. Because mm. <laughs> it's it's guy it's a guy on the hands team, usually pretty fast. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened there. So we saved the worst for last. Yeah, the Rams, 16 and a half. God, you're up 38 nothing. 38 to nothing with nine minutes left in the game. Uh, okay, so you give up a touchdown to the Texans. You're still celebrating. You don't care. There's five minutes left. What the fuck are the Texans? What are they going to do? Well, they're going to score another touchdown. And now it's 38-14. And now you're like, well, surely they're just going to call off the dogs. They're not going to have another onside kick. That'd be stupid, right? Nope. <laughs> Texans down 24 points. Onside kick. Another Another touchdown. But wait a minute. We're still alive. Because they're going for two. My God, just stop the two-point... No. No. The Rams. They, I think half of them were already back in the locker room watching the end of this game, laughing their ass off. They end up winning 38-22. Holy shit, if you had the Rams minus 16 and a half, put yourself in the Hall of Fame, baby, because you got to call them cops. Easily the worst beat of the weekend. The NBA one I thought was pretty bad, so I threw that in there too. Yep. But a lot of really bad beats on the uh, on the gridiron over the weekend. Yep. Uh, Browns backers in the house. Nathan Cerna here. Uh, I feel bad for Browns backers. Uh, down 15-10, three timeouts, skip the 44-yard try, fourth and 12. Yeah. You've you got two bad choices there. Yeah, I, I mean, know. you're just, you're just going to lose. That's really how that goes. But I liked Pittsburgh in that game because even though Baker was going to come back, I didn't really have faith in his arm because you knew with the injuries before he sat out a game or two, he didn't really look that good. And shocker, he didn't look that good. No, no, he didn't. All, all of a sudden, Cleveland can't score. Wait, so Zach, you were you had the Rams minus 16 and a half and you were at the game? Oh, God. That is, were you throwing stuff on the field? Were you crying? What exactly was your response to what you watched? <laughs> I bet it wasn't good. <laughs> I, I'm assuming they stopped serving alcohol like mid-fourth quarter, so I don't know what you were going to do. So, you know what I wanted to ask you? Do you think when it comes to making coaching decisions like firing the coaches, by the way, K-State, coach killer. They killed another one, Scott. Gary Patterson gone. I thought that was an interesting move by TCU, but I understand it. Um, but do you think it makes a difference to to backers if the coaches are winning but not covering the line? We've talked about it before. I don't think it matters to most people in or most programs because I'm sure a lot of them have old fashioned guys, code word, a bunch of old guys in the upstairs making the decision. So I think a lot of them don't really follow the point spread and everything like that. Right. I still think it's a pretty decent leveraging chip. If you're desperate, if you're about to lose your job because you're 20 and 45 straight up. Right. But you say, listen, you're 32 and 13 against a 70% the percent rate here. Like I've covered at least 36 of these games. I do kind of wonder if you could use that as an argument in, I don't know, five, ten years from now. Right, yeah. I would use it if, as an argument. What do you got to lose? You're going to get fired anyway. I agree. 
So Zach said he was in Houston and he was. So Zach, you were playing. You were playing the Rams and you, and you went to the game because you live in Houston. I don't know who would ever do that. I know somebody I know, not going to name names, went to the Missouri-Texas A&M game a couple weeks ago and slammed Texas A&M. Fully decked, in, was... fully decked in Mizzou gear, by the way. Head to Can toe. Can you remind me uh, who that was? I can't remember. Somebody. Uh, that was... I don't remember either. He looks a lot like my co-host. Yeah, he does. Some, you know, Somebody roasted me in the comments section, uh, I think day before last. Like, I can't trust anybody or I can't respect anybody that doesn't bet on their home team. Like, what? What? When does when does that come into play? Is he a Patriots fan or something? I don't know. They're always winning. Like, it was I, don't, a, I don't know what that means. It was a weird roast because, you know, you, you know how it is in the comment section. You get your fair share of roasts, especially when you're not winning. And you know that's coming. But you go, I, I don't know what to say to that. Like, yeah, no, I don't. If I, if I think they're a good bet, I will. If I think the Chiefs are going to cover against the Giants, I'll play them all day. But if I... But if I think the Chiefs' defense is going to be terrible like I did against the Tennessee Titans, I'm going to play the Titans. I'm sorry, kids. That's just, Money's money. Yeah, good if, for if you. If you, the thing about being a fan of your team is that I know some people who will never bet against their team. They will bet on their team either every time or some of the time, but they'll never bet against them. Pete Rose. Because they're, they're, they are the diehard fans who R- want to always root for their team no matter how bad they are on Sunday. And then you have the other fans like myself who are realistic. I will tell you straight up if my team stinks or not. And if they do, I will bet on them accordingly. Yep. And uh, what it is. Brown's backer has a strategy. I think a lot of us employ. And I did it for a long time before I became a pro is he just doesn't, he just doesn't touch it. He doesn't play it one yeah. way or the other. And I, I get that because if you're a fan, first of all, you have to wonder about whether your judgment's clouded or not. You know whether you're seeing things through the prism of uh, of of your teams, your home teams' glasses. You know whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I totally get that. <laughs> Brownsbacker had an excellent point. He says as much as food and beverages are at the stadium, you pretty much got to win your bet just to break even. So yeah, you yeah. got to you got to go fade Houston if you want to have any kind of uh, refreshments while you're there. See, that's the real move that you got to do is you got to start live betting games while you're there to cover the four beers you already ordered. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you're getting a good number, you go, you, can I get another round? Uh, hang on. Let me see if I can get this number. You get yeah, an I'm, app on, like, all right, live bet. All right, so according to this, I was down 50 from five beers. Now I'm up 20, so I'm going to get another two. Yep, another another couple beers. Very good. All right, Scott, well, there was the uh, there was the good news contingent on Saturday and Sunday. These are the people that had the nice, easy winners. It's the place you want to be. Well, if you're not going to be at the game, it's the second best place to be because you are in the rocking chair. So the first one in college football, if you had BYU and Virginia over 66 and a half, you had 80 points in the first half game landed 115. Now, if this is not on odds makers or drunk, you know that we have a special one reserved (laughs) for odds makers or drunk, but I'll let you do the next one. Uh, yeah, that was, I think the live line, I think I saw somebody post the live line. on that was 123. Yeah, I saw 119 and a half, something like that. There but. you go. Hey, if you had oh, if you had Bowling Green plus 13 and a half against Buffalo, what the fuck were you worried about? Absolutely nothing. The Falcons never trailed. Never trailed. A Mac game in Buffalo. My God, what is going on here, Scott? They ended up winning 56-44. If you'd have told me Buffalo was going to put up 44 against Bowling Green at home, how do you like laying the 13 and a half? I'd have said, give me an extra portion, please. Not so much. 
looking at the NFL, if you had the Eagles minus three against the Lions, well, they led 38 nothing after three quarters. And fortunately, <laughs> unlike the Rams, they were only laying three and not 45. So they won 44 to six. Yep, very good. Uh, Zach Vaughn said the, the Ducks finally won another game. It's a vulnerable Canadians team. Canadians. Canadians are one of the only teams that might be worse than the Ducks because uh, that team's awful. What the hell happened but there? I still, I still think the Coyotes are the worst team in the league, though. Uh, you probably aren't wrong there. And uh, we'll finish it up. The football team and the Broncos under 44 and a half. Well, as you might suspected, uh, points were a little hard to come by in that game. They scored uh, 13 at halftime, and they opened it up. Opened it up in the second half and put up 14. That game ended at 17-10. If you had under 44 and a half, you could go to trick-or-treating early because uh, you were sitting in a rocking chair. Not much to add there. Not Pretty much to- hideous game. Yep, there you go. It was almost a brutal beat for Broncos betters if Washington scored a touchdown after Melvin Gordon fumbled trying to run out the clock. Yeah, that would have been... But Denver held on, so there was no bad beat involved. That would have been an all-timer there. Are you surprised Denver traded Von Miller? Is that is Denver just waving the white flag this season after a win? What the hell? That's why I was confused because I would have waved the flag like a week and a half ago. I wouldn't have waved it now, but Miller has one year left on his contract. Or this is the final year, I should say. Right. They got a second and a third. They're paying nine million of the nine point seven million dollars. That's the weird part. What is it with what is it with teams in Colorado that just insist? Is it the legal weed, Scott? Is that what I'm going to understand here? That everybody from the GM on down is just so high. They're like, here, go ahead and take our best player. How much money will you need to take our best player? Because they did it. They did it with Arenado, the Rockies, uh, St. Louis. I don't know. St. Louis is paying like eight bucks for Arenado, I think. And they did it with Von Miller. They're like, well, we'd like to take your best player, but we don't want to pay him all that money. We're like, well, what about we pay like nine million of it? All right, I guess. I don't. I don't know what. I, it, I can don't you really explain know. that? I get that he's. A, I get that he's a rental. Yeah, I'm sure other teams would have wanted him too. You're telling me that they couldn't have taken four and a half million, nine. You're right? taking like ninety percent of the salary. What are you nuts? Oh, they- and the Chiefs are good at giving away their draft picks for no apparent reason. Surely, I know they would have never trade with somebody in their division, but you know we'd have, we'd have taken them. We got some linebacker issues. I don't know, buddy. I, I just don't know. It's a, that's a tight. That's a tight division there. You know, Raiders are five and two. San Diego's four, or the Chargers are four and three. But Den- oh, the Broncos will look up and realize we're probably the the worst team in the division. Well, I mean, we all knew that going in. I don't know. Correct. So I would have waved the flag sooner. Actually, I thought, actually I thought, the, I thought the Raiders were going to be the worst team in the West. I think the Broncos were going to tank, and then they opened up 3-0 and because they had the easiest first three weeks, arguably, of all time. Yeah. And they were 3-0 and and said, you know, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And now they realize, even after a win, yeah, we're just not very good. Yeah, very, very, very weird deal. So, all right, well, very good. Let's... uh. Let's move on. We had a, a number of uh, competitors for this next award, Scott, and we kind of have to. Uh, we're just kind of going to make it a blanket situation, right? Well, we've done them before. It's an entity that we've done before, yep. but it really makes watching the overall sport harder to enjoy. Getting harder and harder, buddy. It's getting getting harder and harder. Uh, let's talk about who it is. We'll uh, we'll do it right now. Who is wearing the golden feed bag today? in the Monday edition of Donkey of the Day.
All right, but I'll let you start it off. I've got some I've got some examples of my own that we're going to chime in with that I'm going to chime in with, but I will since you watched this game a lot more than I did and I was doing granddaughter cricket or treating adventures. Uh let's start it off and tell the folks who it is, Scott. Okay, so I'm going to talk about one particular game and then you're going to open it up because you had a lot of officiating issues throughout the league yesterday. It's the NFL but officials was, by the way. Spoiler alert. It's the alert. NFL officials, but there was one drive in the Cowboys Vikings game, which at, at some point I'm not a believer in conspiracies that things are rigged. That was one of those drives that felt rigged to me. You're going down and Cousins throws the ball out of bounds. Nobody's open, throws it away. Cowboys guy tackles him or tries to tackle him as he throws the ball. It's like a bang bang. He's right there, not even towards the head, not towards the legs. Really felt like maybe around the knee, a little bit higher, like a thigh, like tag. It seemed fine. Whatever. They called that roughing the passer. Then about a play and a half later, they call unnecessary roughness on Randy Gregory for something, pulling people off a pile maybe. I don't really know. They didn't show a replay of it. And then you had about second and goal, and Randy Gregory hits Dalvin Cook as he's – he's not even out of bounds. He's still in bounds at the time. But the refs said that his forward progress had already been stopped. So they threw another flag for unnecessary roughness, even though if you watched it, the referee doesn't signal anything until after Gregory hits him. That all happened in the span of about two actual minutes, right. 50 seconds of game time, three free first downs with about 40 yards of penalties. It was extremely sketchy officiating, and we can open it up to the Bengals, Jets, targeting or yeah. whatever call you want to make yeah. there which costed since which ended up causing Cincinnati to lose the game you have the roughing the passers on back-to-back plays against Tampa uh in that Saints game the officiating makes it so painful to enjoy the sport or even a gamble on the sport because it all comes down to a couple of BS calls yep agreed. every single game Browns back are channeling uh Afro man by the way uh he was talking about it was going to pay Von Miller but he got high mm-hmm uh, I don't even think I can sing it. I think we'll probably we would get dinged for copyright infringement if I were to sing that. But I really, it's it's hard to resist. But and I know why. There you go. Now, now, now we're now we're done. Now we're yeah. done. That's a strike, buddy, right there. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, it's getting worse and worse. Uh, no question, no question about it in the NFL. And you you alluded to it. This was one in the Cincinnati game. Now I want to I want to preface this by saying I had Cincinnati. Covering the eleven as a premium play, so we had no shot at that by the end of the game. Once they once they gave that, once they were unable to stop the Jets from going down the field again to score, it's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. It really is. It, it was right up there. It was weird. It was the anniversary of the call against the Chiefs in Tennessee, where uh, they they called forward progress on a just a, a freight train sack coming coming right up the middle, just leveled Mariota, and they called it forward progress. Probably, probably, if you don't know the play, look at look it up on YouTube. It's it's probably the worst play I've ever seen. But this one was bad, Scott, because I I don't even know. Can you tell me what they called it? What, what what are we doing? They, they, they said lowering the head. The so guy the, roughness, right? Play. So the a player the, the running back is coming uh, coming right at him. Defender lowers his head to tackle him low. Uh, first of all, wait to stop you. The running back lowers his head first. Well, I thought he kind of lowered his head secondly. I thought it was, it was kind of like a half and half where he was protecting the ball so he naturally ducked his head. Right. Right. But but the defender was in perfect position to tackle him, to wrap him up right about 
the ankle, right about the knees, mm -hmm. maybe right above the knees. Of course, when the running back lowers his body, lowers his head, it becomes helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact, and they call a penalty on Cincinnati. It's a third-down stop. It's a critical third-down stop. It would have been fourth and 11 or 13 or so after that play. But no, and it's three, a, so a field goal sends it to overtime. It's an auto, it's an automatic first down. Mm -hmm. Game's over. The game that was it. That was it, and it was it was a brutal way because it cost us a, a shot. It, and you know, funny things happen. You could kick the field goal, lose in overtime. You could fumble the ball like the Chiefs did as you're going for the winner, whatever. So it wasn't a guaranteed win, but it cost Cincinnati any shot of winning, and it cost us any shot of hitting our four team money line parlay. That Dallas ended up uh, covering for us later that we would have paid but uh, plus two sixty four. So yeah, very very infuriating from a personal and professional level, and as a fan of the of NFL, just ridiculous. Well, that's the thing is that I know you like betting on the NFL more than I do. I'm really not a big NFL better. Of course, I do it because there's some games on and you have to like some angles. But if people hate betting on the NFL or they are just lukewarm about it. You're losing hard-earned money on some stuff that's just out of your control because the officiating, it's not even just bad. It's inconsistent. You yes. don't know what's going on crew to crew. Yeah. No, it's, and that's, you know, and that's been a thing forever. You always want to get the information on the crew. And, you know, there's a lot of websites that have information about who calls the most holding calls and pass interference and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is because there's, there's, you know, in, in the in, in Major League Baseball, you look at the strike zone and the inconsistency. Oh, it's fucking robot umps. We need robot umps. But there's no robot refs. There's nothing going to stop that. There's nothing. You know, Scott, I've said this before. Maybe, maybe having guys that are 60 plus or 55 plus uh, trying to judge what young men in the prime of their life and tip top physical condition and the, the speed and the power Maybe trying to keep up with them, not the best idea. Maybe you need some younger eyes. Just saying. Might be. I'm also blaming the league itself because this is the type of football that Goodell and the owners want where it's not very fun, a lot of artificial offense. Every penalty that's questionable goes against the defense, for the record. I mean, that just is what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's just bad. Supposedly, there's a rule. Of, the rule is supposed to work both ways about the, the running back dipping his head to an, an initiating contact. I think I, I'm just I, saying they will call it on the defense at least 90% of the time. I was going to say, I think since they said that rule was going to be in effect about five years ago, give or take, I think I've seen it called twice. Yeah, the, I saw on, it twice this year back. called. Oh, was that right? Back. Okay. But, well, I just didn't yeah. see the game. So maybe but no, it's, it's not great. Then again, the officiating in college isn't good either, No, but the NFL is brutal. And if you're actually betting a lot of money on the NFL, don't get me wrong. There are, very, there are a lot of profitable handicappers in the NFL. But I have a hard time throwing out big bets when I don't know what to expect in what should be a close game from the officiating crew. Agreed. G-Money said refs should be uh, able to be penalized for making calls or making, missing calls or bad calls. I think they are. I think, I think they're fined or they're docked or they're certainly... I, I don't think they can fine them, but I think they can miss assignments. I think they can give them a week off whether they would have worked or something like that. I think there are some repercussions, but I don't, I don't know how egregious the offense has to be probably pretty bad. Well, that's the thing though. Are we blaming the officials entirely? Or are we blaming some of the rules that were put in place that are stupid? If you make not... an argument, the Cincinnati play that speared, it was a terrible call, mm -hmm. but according to this, whatever BS rule they're using, was it really a, the, an awful call? Yeah. It was. I think, I think you make an argument that it's a compounded issue 
because the referees are looking for stuff that should never be penalized in the first place. Well, that's true. And that's kind of the this, this situation with targeting, because now there's like the three criteria that it has to fit to be targeting mm-hmm. in, in college ball. Like, or you have to you have to launch and you have, you know, the crown of the helmet and all that. So I don't know what the answer is. I just feel like I'm, sometimes I just feel like an old man yelling at clouds. But we, uh, uh, you have to point it out. We, we can't just we can't just do a show about sports and sports betting and make believe like this shit's not going on. Because it's, it's getting it's, worse as we go. It's fucking scandalous, and it's costing me money. It's costing my clients money, and it's costing people that tune in to get our picks money. And that you know, this is hard enough, guys. You know, and you know the drill. You guys all bet on sports. You know it's fucking tough. You know, especially Scott, the NFL. The NFL, in especially my opinion, the, the NFL. You know, Scott and I put in a lot of time every week. We've talked about it before. If I'm not writing or doing something on the air, I'm usually watching film either from college or the NFL, and I, I pay money to be able to watch that film. So. I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. I'm just, again, just an old man yelling at clouds on Monday morning. Um, Best Bet Sports said, uh, just just made a video about tonight's Monday Night Football game. It's a lock! A lock in Arrowhead, Scott. Well, that would make you feel good because you can kind of use a sweat-free win from the Chiefs. <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah, so they can so they can stay tied for last place in the West. Uh said the flags are getting outrageous and messing up the sport, unfortunately. Evidently, uh, the Jets game as well as the Saints-Bucks game, yep, absolutely getting worse as it goes yeah. on. Yep. It's just bad. Uh, but if you're asking, am I going to keep betting on the NFL? I don't bet that much on the NFL anyway. I'm mostly a player prop guy. But if if you're betting a usual unit size on games, I would potentially reduce my unit size because I don't know what to expect from the officiating. Yep. You can have a great bet and one awful pass interference call that's worth 60-something yards completely change the trajectory of the game. Yep, I would agree. You know, Ninja Thirteen says Vegas equals refs. You know, I'm I'm not quite ready to go down that road yet because number one, Vegas isn't a singular entity. Uh, different books have different exposures, so some books are rooting for one side, some books are rooting for the other side based on their exposure. What they if they've balanced their if they've balanced their books for that particular game, or if they decided to take a position. So, I I don't I don't consider Vegas is not a monolithic entity that. They all win on one side. You know, now sometimes with the Super Bowl or big games, the majority of Vegas casinos and books definitely have a position. So I, I don't discount that for bigger games. But, for, you know, for the for the Bengals-Jets game, I, I, yeah, no. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going on the conspiracy angle, but I do yet. acknowledge the fact. For, just to make it clear for roughing the passer and for unnecessary roughness, can we make an exception that the player who got hit has to end up on the ground? Yeah. If you get shoved but you're still on your feet. I show you no sympathy when it comes to roughing the passer. Uh, you have to end up on the floor. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. And I, I know you feel the same way about out of bounds hits, which I don't. Yes. I, I think if you hit somebody out of bounds, either you're out of bounds. I don't give a shit. I think if you hit them out of not. bounds, yes. But if their foot's airborne while they're still technically in bounds, then technically they're not out of bounds. Okay. Uh, well, that's, I, I that's that true. Those bang, bang plays should be let go. And well, they call it too much. Brownsbacker says it's ridiculous every time a quarterback sack gets sacked, you have to hold your breath, see if there's a flag. Same yeah, thing in pass coverage. Right. You're especially in pass coverage. Because if there's an yeah. incompletion way down the field, your eyes go where? Immediately to the bottom right side of the screen to see if that fills up with a ye- with a yellow there. Yeah, it's not fun. Nope, not at all. All right, so buddy, we got some games tonight. Let's talk about them, all right? Um Let's start with the NBA. We'll do some we'll do some NBA action here. Um we've got a pretty good pretty good card tonight. What do you see that you like? 
Uh, so I have a play personally in the Clippers uh, Thunder game. So check out that video if you want it. Uh, looking at everything else, I also have a premium. I, mean, I also have a premium from that game, by the way. Really? Uh-huh. Uh, what are the odds? Okay. Uh, looking at everything else, I am tempted by this Toronto New York game. I'm thinking about taking the Knicks because we know how good Scotty Barnes has been so far as a rookie. Might be the favorite to win Rookie of the Year right now. He's injured. He has a thumb issue. He might not play. And the Knicks have been really, really good this season. Now, I know Toronto is a team that plays great defense, which is why the total's at 208. I think you'll see a low-scoring game, so I'm looking at the under there. But Barnes has already become arguably their best perimeter defender. And with him being out of the lineup, of course, Siakam is still out. I do think that they're going to have a hard time keeping up with the Knicks, who've looked really good up to this point. I like the Knicks in the under. You? I, I like that play. I, I think the Knicks are Knicks are playing good ball right now, and I think as soon as the defense, you think the defense will play to the level they played last year by any chance? Well, they haven't looked like it so far, but they played a little bit faster. But Toronto has been very slow, and Barnes has been a very solid player all around. And I do think that he might play in this game. So you know, I'm kind of gambling a little bit. But according to all reports and the line movement, it seems like there's a pretty decent chance of him not playing. So I'm gonna go with the Knicks. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm just reading a comment from J.C. Stone. said, November 20th, Presbyterian versus St. Thomas. Everyone knows that Presbyterians can't beat Catholics. Uh, yes, see, see the Inquisition. Um, oh, in football. I thought they just meant in general. Uh, I said, St. Thomas minus 65. Get it before it goes to minus 70. I forgot. What was that comment about Stetson? The Episcopalian? <laughs> yeah, the Episcopalian. Yeah. Episcopalian versus the Presbyterians. Uh, by the way, we forgot to mention that. If you... If you if you tailed me and did not get off the bandwagon like Scott did, congratulations because Presbyterian got their ass kicked again. So that was our odds makers were drunk, by the way. Well, that's right. We forgot to do. Oh, we forgot to do odds makers were drunk. It's yeah. fine. It was Stetson. They closed plus five against Presbyterian. Money came in on Presbyterian. It was they, minus they won by forty-two. It was minus three. Money came in at game time on Presbyterian. Went to minus five. They ended up losing fifty-six fourteen. What the fuck? Who is who is doing this? Well, Stetson had some COVID issues, but they underestimate how bad Presbyterian is. I don't give a so shit. So it didn't matter. Issues. It was free money. No shit. Here's here's a fucking bag of money. You want that? Sure, I'll take it. All right, there you go. I've never seen anything uh, look, like it, Scott. It's really bizarre. Uh, looking at everything else, though, on the card. I like Charlotte. I like this. Uh, I'm kind of torn on that one. At Cleveland, they, they Cleveland just can't score. I just they, I, I, like the, I like the under. So you mentioned they can't score. I like the under in that game. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a pretty we're getting a pretty good number there at two twenty and a half because the Cleveland defense has been really good. I agree, giving up just yeah. over one hundred and four points a game. But and they can't score. Yeah, they can't score. So yeah, it's a that's a solid under right now. We've seen Charlotte play down to the level of their competition, but I like it as a, as a home game. There, they're five and two against the number. Charlotte playing really good ball right now. Uh, I'll lay the five. And that's pretty much it. Decent amount of games. Nothing that's really too exciting for me. Okay, well that's disappointing. All right, well let's. Uh, do you have uh, any other? Do you have anything else? No, nah, like? no. Like I said, I, I I really I really like our my my play from uh, OKC LAC. I'm looking at maybe the Spurs, but I still have to wait and hear about Levert and Brogdon because okay. both of them are questionable. Shocker, people. We don't know the injury status about three four hours before a game. Right. I'll go with the Spurs for now. Gambling that one, if not both of them, are not going to play. All right, very good. Uh, Adrian Peterson to the Titans. Yep. Oh, that's a brutal injury to, for for the Titans, by the way. 
I don't know if it's a full season. I've heard maybe six to ten weeks. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of fantasy teams died today. Uh-huh. Yeah, brutal. Brutal. It is what it is. You know, it happens. Oh, wow. That's, can you get a, can you get a trademark on that saying? Uh, it is what it is. Uh, I believe that's a thing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I hate that. I know you are. I hate that saying. It is really. Yeah, it is what it is. That's Shut your that. pet peeve. Yeah, okay. I was one. Oh, I, dude, I, I got a lot of them. I'm, oh, I'm sure you do. I just wasn't aware I've, that was one of I've them. I've got a whole kennel full of pet peeves. Quickly, <laughs> though, before we get into our final play, we have the football game between the Chiefs and the Giants. We do. We do. Do you like laying nine and a half with your team that can't stop a nosebleed? Where are you getting nine and a half? You find that anywhere? Uh,. I'm sorry. It's now up to ten or ten and a half. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say I'm seeing I'm seeing ten in the, I'm seeing ten in the hook market wide as they say. I see ten or ten and a half. It was nine and a half earlier. I didn't realize it went up a full point. My bad. Um, I don't know if I can lay that with Kansas City, but I don't think the Giants are very good. I have a hunch about this KC team, Scott. I think that they use their uh, a little bit of their long week to get their shit together. Mahomes. He's certainly saying the right things about being better. Needs to stop making stupid mistakes. Um, I think if 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 they can stop the turnover problem, mm. I think they can. I think they can easily win this game. Does Giants team's a bit feisty, but the Chiefs. The main question I have with the offense isn't even about the turnovers, and everything like that. It's the fact that even though Tyree Kill has played, he's been a non-factor because he's clearly below. 50, I'd say even 60% healthy. He hasn't been a non-factor, Scott. He's been a very big factor. Unfortunately, it's for the other team as three balls have gone through his hands into the hands of the defenders. So I mean, besides that, though, he's been battling issues on the injury report for the last couple of weeks. Yep. I do think the extra layoff, the extra day or so, might help him get look anywhere near his former self. I'm going with the Chiefs. If I can get 10, I would do it. I'm not laying 10 and a half. But any thoughts on the total? I really went back and forth on the total. I got I got to be honest with you because I can see, you know, you've got you've got a Giants defense that is definitely a challenge. They're going to be uh missing peppers is huge. Yeah, going they're they're going to be without peppers. I was just looking at the offensive side. We still don't have an answer on Sterling and we still um uh we don't we don't have an answer on Tony yet. So those are those are two big ones for me. We already know Tony about, seems likely to play. Yeah. I don't know how much of a factor he's gonna be, but it seems like he's going to play. I think both of those guys are probably going to suit up. From everything I've read, they seem to be trending. Uh Tony was full participant last two days of, yeah. of practice, so I'm guessing he's gonna go. Uh like I said, missing uh, peppers on the defensive side is pretty huge. And uh of course they're missing Galladay still and they're missing Saquon Barkley. Uh so you wonder about the ability of this New York Giants offense to score enough but it, for me it's going to be as far as a total going to be over or pass uh the weather's going to clear up it's it's like yeah. i said it, i'm i'm here really close to the stadium it's it's shitty right now about 45 and rainy but that's rain's going to clear out it's just going to be you know clear and cold kind of kind of you know like 40 degrees going to be good football weather as they say so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll take. Uh, I gotta play the. I gotta play the Chiefs in the over. There, there's a. I'm looking. Oh, there's a. The there's over. a hot take for a Monday Night Football game, huh? Chief home team in the over. Woo! The favorite in the I'm, over. I'm just looking at the over because I can't take the under with the Chiefs defense. Okay, very good. I've got a. Uh, I've got a a play from this game that I really like. There's like that I put it up as the free video. There's some I think really good value on it. So. But there's one other play that, that we really like from this game. There is, buddy. Let's do it. We put our heads together. We have come up with our favorite play. For the day, it is from the NFL Monday Night Football game. 
Time to put on your overalls, climb on your John Deere, and fire that bad boy up. Get ready to bet the farm! All right, Scott, we did have a bet the farm play for the weekend. We had the Baylor Bears minus two and a half. How'd that end up? They ended up winning because Texas stinks. Yeehaw! All right, Tejas, pissing away another double-digit lead. That's three in a row. Thanks, boys. We appreciate it. We'll take another farm. All right, Scott. Well, today's farm play it is going to be a prop play from the Chiefs and the Giants game. And we are going to play... Daniel Jones over 20 and a half rushing yards. That bet is available at Fox Bet minus 133. So if you're turning into your book and you're seeing 25 and a half, don't bitch at us because we found 20 and a half and it is 25 and a half everywhere else. So if you don't live in a state with Fox Bets, play the 25 because we didn't we had it written up at 25 and a half and then we found the 20. So I would play it up to about 27 and a half basically. I think Jones goes for 30-plus, but you have to take five free yards if you can find it. Absolutely. He's hit that mark in five of seven games so far. He averages 5.8 carries per game. There's usually a couple three design rushes for him in every game. He's averaged 32.76 rushing yards per contest. And the Chiefs against the run, oh, you think they're pretty bad. Well, they are. They allow 128.9 yards rushing per game. That is fifth most in the league. If there's anybody that ain't going to stop Daniel Jones, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, give him a lot of uh, opportunity to get everybody in man-to-man, turn their backs, and just head upfield. Give me Daniel Jones over 20 and a half. Scott, I'll give you a side bet. I think he gets it in one rush. I don't know if it'll be his first one, but I bet he bet runs for 21 or more in at least one rush. You know there's going to be at least two read options where Jones might be able to keep it and break one? We'll see what happens. Absolutely. J.R. Black, very kind words. Thanks. Steven, the Godfather, likes our prop play. That's high praise because this is a good. he's a good prop player, buddy, so I feel good about it now. Uh, cool. But that's going to be our bet the farm. Down to Jones, over 20 and a half yards. Hey, we're running late, guys. We're out of here. Thanks, as always. Love the doing this show live. I say, it every, I say it every day. It's really, really true. Thanks for joining us. Definitely come back and see us. For myself, for Scott Reichel, We wish you good luck on all of your plays today. Hope every one of those tickets in your pocket turns into cash money. When you head back to the window, you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Same place, same bad channel. Take care, guys.